Welcome to the Savvy Shopkeeper Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Kathy Cruz. I am happy to say we are continuing with the Shopkeeper Stories series. This time, I think I mentioned it in the first episode with Brittany, we're interviewing lab members this time. We're shaking things up. Um, In the past two series, I interviewed Master Shopkeepers members, and then I realized why am I not interviewing some of the makers and the artists in our community? Because we have so many talented people, which is a really good segue into what I'm going to talk about next. And that's Rachel, who's with us today, Rachel Alvarez of Rachel Alvarez Art. Although formerly it was, she was known as the Nat Time Artist. And I think it's such a charming name. Um, I'll let her explain that in a little bit. But Rachel has been part of the Savvy Shopkeeper community since early on. I mean, I think since I first started the group. So I was really excited that she agreed to come on and speak with me because I'm always in awe of her talent and she's looking at me. So I should say I'm always in awe of your talent. (laughs) So Rachel, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and what you do? We'll start there because I have so many things I want to say and ask, but let's get started with um, who you are and what it is that you do. Okay, well, thank you for that kind introduction. Um, I live on the eastern shore of Maryland, and I am a watercolor artist. I have a retail shop, Rachel Alvarez Art, that I sell um, art prints, note cards, stickers, and also original work. I do uh, commissions, an occasion when people want something specific painted, and then I also have the wholesale side of my business, um, which is kind of how we became introduced with one another. Um, As you mentioned, I was the nap time artist for a little while. Um, My son is now eight years old, but when he was two is when I started my journey back into art. And so at that time, I was just painting during the brief moments um, each day when he was taking his nap. And that is how this all began. And you pretty much everything that you do is out of your home studio and online, correct? With the exception of maybe like a market event that you sell in person at. Yes, that's correct. I really haven't done a lot of market events. Um, I did participate in the National Folk Festival, which happened to be hosted in my hometown, which was amazing. Um, But I think for me, I just find more joy in keeping it here at home. And, um, and I, although I love the personal interaction that happens at events like that, it's, it's a little bit too much work at this point in my life <laughs> to participate in it, in the market events. And so we'll see maybe in a different chapter, I'll go there. Because your kids are how old now? They're six and eight. Okay. So we're still in the, in the thick of, <laughs> in the thick of it. They're, um, they're definitely getting to the ages where they're starting to be a little bit more independent, but it is still a bit of a challenge to juggle at all, to be honest. And have you always been an artist? Well, I grew up in a very artistic family and um, art was something that was kind of at the core of everything that we did. I have a lot of family members who were in artistic careers. And so I knew when I was going into college that I was definitely going to major in art, which I did. But I think that towards the end of my college trek, I got nervous about the thought of becoming a full-time artist. It it was just something I didn't know I could do successfully. 
and I didn't know if I could really make a living at it. And so I ended up going into retail um, management. So I was in corporate retail management for about 15 years. And then I became a stay-at-home mom. And I was kind of going through a little bit of an identity crisis because I had tied up so much of who I was in what I was doing. And all of a sudden I wasn't doing that anymore. And my husband actually was, you know, even though he had never seen me paint, he knew that was part of my history. He's the one that encouraged me to pick up my paintbrushes again. And that's kind of what happened. I picked him up again and, um, and then I got addicted and couldn't stop. <laughs> I guess I'd waited so long to finally get to my art that when I finally did get around to it, I just really, really got into it. So it's been about eight years then. It's about seven. Yeah. Okay. Seven. And then how did you shift from picking up the brushes and becoming that artist again? Although I'm sure you've been an artist all along, but just actually getting back into that kind of work into creating a business. Like, tell me about that journey. How did that play out? Well, it's funny that you asked because that was something that in a million years, I could have never guessed would happen. So about six months into painting every day during my son's nap times, I, I ended up having quite an accumulation of paintings. And so I had a local coffee shop um, offered to feature some of my work and some of it sold. And it was a great event, an awesome, you know, jump start to getting back into art, but I had some art left over. And so I set up an Etsy shop under the Naptime Artist with all of these little oil paintings that I had left over from that show. And shortly after that, I received a commission request through Etsy for someone that lived in, I think, Wisconsin or Michigan, and she wanted to have saltwater taffy painted, like a food illustration of saltwater taffy, because it had some kind of significance with her relationship and she was getting married. And so I painted it for her. And then it occurred to me that there was a local saltwater taffy company just 30 minutes away from me at the beach that was a historic and famous saltwater taffy company. So I emailed them and asked if I could paint their brand. And they, of course, said, sure, we, you know, we'd be happy to let you paint it. But in return, we'd just like to hang copies of the paintings in our corporate offices. Well, I had never done a print of my artwork at that point. And so I had to figure out how to make a print for her, <laughs> prints of these three paintings. And when I went to deliver them, she was so excited that I had these prints for her office that she asked if she could carry note cards, postcards, and art prints in all seven of their locations. So this was about six to eight months into me starting to paint again. I had my first wholesale and I had to really kick it into gear. And she was actually the one that started to have a place where her customers could come and find my artwork by looking at the back of the packages of the art that I was delivering for her for the saltwater taffy shops. So that's how it all started. It wow. was um, quite fast, actually. Wow, that's awesome. Are you still on Etsy? I am still on Etsy. I actually do quite a bit of business through Etsy. And I, I love that it gives me an opportunity to connect with people that I wouldn't have ever met. You know, it's totally random um, orders. And, and I get, I feel like I get to know people, even though I don't really get to know them. It's a really neat 
way to sell. And I love that you say that because that was one of the things that I wanted to make sure we touched upon and it was going to come up later, but because you mentioned it, I am in other Facebook groups with you and you're such a, like a good storyteller and a connector and like people really connect with you and you share a lot. And it's really interesting to me because you just share all of kind of the thoughts in your head and it's not none of it ever feels like you're trying to sell anything. You're just genuinely trying to figure out what do people like, what works for you in terms of being an artist. And I always find it really interesting. And you always, I feel like all of your posts, you know, prompt like some deeper conversation. So I just want to make sure I mention that because you're in quite a few other Facebook groups that have other artists and makers and Etsy sellers in it. And I feel like you're a bit of a leader in some of those groups. You just share a lot and you're very open and you're very giving. And I think it always brings ideas to other people in the community. So I want to make sure I mention that, you know, for, for other makers and artists who are afraid to maybe get into other groups, like you don't have to just get into other groups to sell your goods. You can learn from being in those groups and then share your experiences with other. And I just want to make sure I point that out because you do it so well. Do you remember how you found the Savvy Shopkeeper group? Because I we had a group, a free group at the time. If you're new listening on the podcast, you may not have known that. I don't have the free group any longer. But Rachel was one of the first members, I feel, that came into the Savvy Shopkeepers Facebook group. Do you remember how you found it or how we found each other? You know, I was asking myself this question yesterday, and I was trying to remember back to how I was ever connected with the group. And I couldn't remember, but I will say that the reason why I decided to join the free group was because I'm always trying to look at how to problem solve in my business. And, you know, I think it's really, it's, it's as important as the product itself to figure out how to help to meet the need of the people who are buying it. So for me with wholesale, it's one of the main pillars of my business. I'm always looking to figure out, okay, what is a pain point of a retailer? And how is there a way that I can help to ease that for them? And it's a unique challenge sometimes because I'm selling note cards and stickers and art prints. It's not like I'm changing the world, but in that world, I want to be the best that I can be. And if I can package my items in a certain way that is easier for them to process for their inventory, or if I can present my work in a certain way that makes their store the most beautiful that it can be on that shelf, then to me, that is being successful because I want to not just sell the artwork. I want to be able to help them to be able to sell the artwork. And I think we're all in it together. You know, we're, we're only successful because of each other. And so when I'm in your group and I see certain people ask certain questions, it sparks in me the opportunity to think, okay, this person and these people who commented after are all sharing in this struggle. How can I, as a maker, then use that to be better at what I do so that when they order from me, if they order from me, they won't experience that struggle from me. So I think that's what's always prompted me to participate in your group is to just be able to see the other side of things, which is such a 
gift to me as a maker. It's, it's very hard to see that other side of things without having an avenue and you provide that avenue. So I appreciate all that you do. Yeah. And I appreciate you because you're, I feel like the same way that there's mutual respect here. I feel like you're such a gift to our community. Um, and I, and I really appreciate that. And I'll never forget at the time when I decided to close the group, the free group, and I said that I would have a subscription group. Um, you know, there were some people that weren't happy with me and, you know, were very vocal about it. And I'll never forget you. I don't remember the exact, I wish I would have gone back to look for it, but I remember you said like, listen, the gist of it was, you know, Kathy provides value with this group and in the insight that I get from being surrounded by retail store owners, you know, it's priceless and I'm sticking around for that. And, you know, it actually kind of schooled me on the topic. I never looked at it that way. And I was grateful that you said that. And of course, grateful that you stuck around and, and you stayed in our community. And the other thing too, we had connected because there was a time before that, that I wanted some way to capture and like visually the bond and the community in our groups, because there is, there's something special about our Facebook groups. And I asked you, would you be willing? I commissioned you to do a piece and asked you, it's behind me. I know listeners can't see it. But if you visit my website, it's on there. And Rachel was gracious enough to take the time to design this beautiful print and has brick and mortar storefronts on it. But it's a group of, of all women, different sizes, different races, all look different. It's the back of them. And we're all holding signs up, cheering each other on. And that's exactly what I feel like when we're in, in the groups. And it's a beautiful watercolor print. And I sell it in our online shop because everything in the online shop, you know, 5% goes towards the savvy support fund, but I reorder from you whenever I run out of the prints and hopefully I'll order many more. And what I love about it is I get to support the makers in the group and we get to add funds to the savvy shopkeeper fund and it all works out beautifully. But if anyone ever wants to go look at it, if you go to, I think it's just SavvyShopkeeper.com slash shop, you'll see Rachel's beautiful work and her print available in the online shop. And I just, I was so grateful for it because when I asked you if you would do it, it, you didn't even think twice. You're like, yes, absolutely. Count me in. And you just, your work is, is gorgeous. And we're friends on Facebook as well. And I love seeing the work that you do. You're always, I think you did, didn't you recently do like a 30 day challenge, like with yourself where you painted something every day and then you posted it every day on Facebook? Yes, that was actually quite a big push for me, you know, because as, as anyone probably um, can attest to in any job, people assume that you spend the bulk of your time doing one thing. And I wonder sometimes if people think that because I say I'm a watercolor artist, that I'm just this brooding, <laughs> you know, it's just a beautiful life. I sit in my studio with my tea and, and paint all day long. And I do crank out a lot of art every year, but it's very unusual for me to be able to block off a whole entire month where I say, okay, every single day I'm going to produce something that I can share with the world because so much of my day is doing commission work that no one ever sees 
Um, it's kind of secretive because it's a gift or it's part of a larger project or whatever. And of course, a lot of my day is marketing and, and packaging wholesale orders and Etsy orders and website orders and doing all the things that make a business run. So it was really fun to kind of just block off that time in May and say, okay, you know, I'm not going to go into this with any kind of idea of what I'm going to produce. I'm just going to paint whatever comes to my head that day. And I did ask people, you know, if they had anything that they really wanted to see me paint, which was fun to see from a customer perspective, uh, what they thought I could paint and then kind of challenging myself to accept that challenge. Because sometimes the people gave me suggestions that I would never, have painted that thing <laughs> had they not asked me so it was it was really fun and I'm I'm really thankful I participated and I definitely think I'm going to do it again and speaking of your studio a few years ago you shared a video of your studio and I was really impressed because you're absolutely right and not only are you an artist and you're, you're always trying to make your craft and you know spend the time on that talent and make it better. But your studio was really organized and you had systems and shelving. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, that's really good. And you don't think about it. Like you have to, you know, take advantage of the space that you have. And I remember you, you took advantage of wall space and the height by having shelving units, your shipping supplies in one place, your printing supplies and your pr printing equipment in another. And that didn't even include your creative artistic space, which I'm sure was maybe in another area of that room or the studio. How did you kind of perfect that. I know, I get it. It's never perfect. But how did you make that studio as efficient as it looked? What, what were some of the things that you did? Because I know that comes up with a lot of the creatives. Like there are quite a few of us, you know, my sister and I have our studio where we work on furniture pieces and we have a pegboard with our tools and we have cabinets and every cabinet has a certain space. And then we have a little office area. But what were some of the things that you did that make that space more efficient for you to run the business? That is a great question. And, you know, it's something that I'm constantly refining because I feel like running my business has to happen in such short chunks of time, especially because I am a stay at home mom at the same time that I'm running this business. And last year, specifically during COVID, I had, you know, both kids at home, virtually schooling at home the entire year. Um, so I get these little moments and pockets of time where I can pack orders and do different things. And so my studio space has become efficient over time as I kind of take mental note of what supplies I need for which things. Like for instance, if I'm packaging an order and I have one supply here and another supply over here and another one way over here, in my mind, I'm thinking as I'm packaging it, I've just wasted a lot of time walking between all of these places. So I try to set up my studio space kind of in like modules in a way. Um, that was something that we did a lot in retail, actually in corporate retail. I worked for Barnes and Noble corporations and they were constantly streamlining their processes because they were, to be honest, always trying to have the least amount of people working at any one time. So I kind of think that some of that is a nod to my retail background. 
and my desire to be organized is just to be able to save time. So I've kind of gotten in the habit at the beginning of every day of cleaning up my area a little bit. And then also, again, at the end of the day, making sure that things are in some kind of order so that when I start, it's, it's not like I'm walking into any kind of chaos. And how much has your business grown over the past seven years? I feel like I've seen, oh goodness, I guess maybe I've seen like four or five years of your journey. That's why I know you're active in Facebook groups. That's why I know about your studio. Plus, you know, you're active in our group, but how much of it has grown and has it surprised you? Yeah, the growth of the business has been surprising. I think that, um, you know, when I first started, I didn't know what was going to become of it because I was still so in the thick of being a new stay-at-home mom. I didn't have a lot of time on my hands. And I'm so thankful that in the last six or seven years, the business has grown at the rate that I can sustain it. There have, of course, been moments when I needed to you know, hire help with our kids or I needed to take a step back from the business. But all in all, it has grown year over year. Last year was an interesting situation because, of course, prior to COVID, so much of my business was in the wholesale side of things. And then a lot of shops, of course, were forced to close during COVID. So I was really nervous about the business, to be honest, over the last year. But thankfully, the retail side of things actually made up for that um, sufficiently. So There were a lot of people, I believe, that were at home that were doing work around their homes and looking for art and things to cheer them up. And so thankfully, the the ebbs and flows between retail and wholesale kind of resolved themselves. And now I'm seeing that wholesale is picking back up again. And it's really encouraging because from the back end side of things as a maker, when I see that happening, it helps me to see that we're getting back on track. And that things are starting to be a bit more of a new normal, if you will. And for the for the retail, the brick and mortar store owners who do buy wholesale, what is exa- exactly that you offer? I know what it is, but I want you to share with everyone. What are some of your most popular products that you sell? Because you sell a substantial amount of wholesale items to store owners. What are your you know top three products? Um, Well, the first category, top number one, is definitely the 50 States series that I completed. Um, That is a watercolor series that started as a commission request that ended up being a five and a half month long process of painting all 50 states in watercolor. And then because of that series, it became art prints, note cards, and stickers. So those have really done well in shops, specifically shops that are in areas that have a lot of tourism. So that's been a a wonderful part of the business. But I also have designed some kind of quirky greeting cards and things that also um, kind of speak to our current situation of being separated from each other. A lot of my work is nostalgic in nature. So I think that during this time, people have wanted ways to say that they're missing their family. And so a lot of my work says that in one way or another. And are you still doing commission? I feel like you did commission pieces where you would do what watercolor art of the the front of someone's home or the front of someone's business, a storefront. Are you still doing those too? Yes. Yes, I do those. I don't 
take on as many of those as I used to. Um, I absolutely love doing them though. It's so specific what people ask for in a commission and that that part of my business really feeds my soul because like for instance last week I received an email um, from someone who would like me to do a special painting for her mother. Her mother took over the role of being her son's caretaker during COVID and he was doing virtual school from home and her mom was the one that was kind of guiding him through this virtual schooling and this woman came home from work one day and snapped this picture of her mom standing behind her son at his school desk in his bedroom and she was just helping him with something on the computer and in the email the woman said you know my mom gave up everything to spend the last year at home with my son so that I could work. And I just want to capture this moment in time and honor her. And I sent back this emotional email back to her and just said, oh my goodness, I can completely relate to this. I definitely would be thrilled to, to work on this piece for you. It would be an honor to you know, work on it for your mom. So there are just these moments of connection that happen with commissions that are very unique and, and it really drives kind of the emotional part of my business. Yeah, I can see how that would feed your soul. Totally. And, you know, the other question that I wanted to ask you is since you do work out of a home studio and you do pretty much everything online and you really don't participate at, you know, many in-person events, what are some of your best marketing tips for artists and makers like you and you know what are the, the things that seem to work other than I use funny because you use the word connection and I use the word connector for you other than other than that what are some things that you do that seem to work really well in terms of marketing your business especially since you're not in front of people all the time well I think that like you've mentioned that I'm in several Facebook groups for different things. I think that it's important to be in a position where you can talk about what you make, whether you're selling it or not. I think that you can learn a lot from people's responses to what you make. It can help to refine the process and it can help to know what people want. And so I try to put my work out there as often as I can in so many different places. I mean, I have my Instagram account. I'm pretty consistently posting on there. I have my Facebook page. I have my own personal page and then all these different groups that I'm a part of. All of that in some way, shape or form, I guess is marketing. But to me, it's almost more like market research. And in the process, people have told me that they feel they get to know me. And then because of that, they feel like they can invest in me. And so to me, I don't really enjoy the thought of selling. And I really enjoy the thought of making people feel like, you know, we are good longtime friends. And that's what I want my art to communicate as well. So, you know, marketing isn't something that I, I sit down and say, okay, I'm going to spend the next 30 minutes going and trying to find people to buy my work. For me, marketing is more like, how can I express in a story or in words why I painted this piece in a way that other people will understand 
and that we can connect on some kind of deeper level. And then maybe at the end of that story, I can ask a question that they can answer that will give me a little insight into what I could possibly do next. And that's what makes you so good at what you do. Not only are you a talented artist, but again, you're just so good at connecting with people. I wish if there are other artists listening to this podcast, please go follow Rachel and we'll talk about where you can follow her because that's her zone of genius. In addition to watercolor, she Mm -hmm. just has this way about like natural way of connecting and engaging with people. It's, it's a beautiful thing to see. So we're going to go ahead and wrap this up. I just have, I think just one more question. What are your, what's your goal or vision for the business? Like, have you ever wanted to be in a bigger studio? Are you, you know, completely happy working out of your home studio? Maybe you've envisioned having a brick and mortar store, which I don't think that's the case, but what are your longer term goals for Rachel Alvarez art? Well, I would love to keep doing exactly what I'm doing, but then adding layers on top of that. Something that I've been doing a lot of research about lately is art licensing. And that all kind of came out of the fact that I happened to go into the same Barnes and Noble that I used to be the assistant manager for. (laughs) And I saw products on the shelves that had watercolor art on them. And I thought, what a 360 it would be Mm. if someday I could have my art on a product in a retail shop that wasn't something that I packaged and shipped through wholesale but was rather something that a corporation purchased Um, and so that's just another facet of the business that I would like to explore but I would love to continue to partner with wholesale to continue to grow that part of my business because it is It is very rewarding and special when I know that somebody has purchased my work to sell in their shop. It's it's just a certain feeling that's different. It's almost like they're on my team, you know, advocating for me. And I just love that component of wholesale. So I'd love to keep doing the commissions. Um, As I said before, I haven't been able to take on as many of those as I used to, but I I do try to choose the ones that really resonate with who I am and the ones I can connect with the most. But no big, huge dreams here. I'm just so thankful to be doing what I'm doing after so long of not doing it that, you know, I'm, I'm just blessed and and thankful to see where this journey is going to take me wherever it may be. I love it. I love it. And I even had a note here to talk about licensing because I, I can't wait to see that happen. I can tell you're already manifesting that and I know I'm going to see it happen. So I'm excited. I'm excited for you. So aside from being in the group, and being in the group for so long and just, you know, getting to understand and connect with retailers a little bit more. Is there anything else about being in the shop cap, shopkeepers lab that has been helpful to you or running your business? Or is it mostly just like the connection and the conversations, which is great too? Well, I love that there are resources, even from a, a retailer's perspective that helped me on the making side. Like for instance, you did the, um, information about when is the best time to be buying for your store. 
Well, information like that is helpful to me as a maker because that helps me to have a, a schedule of how I should be willing to get my artwork done in a certain period of time so that it can be ready to be put onto a wholesale platform in time for someone like you to purchase it. So there's so many different things that you put out in the group and, and on the website that are specifically directed at the people who have brick and mortars, but they're helpful to me as a maker because it kind of helps me back up a little bit in my own work and think about, okay, if, if that's when buyers are buying, then this is when makers should be making. <laughs> Genius. So, so smart. So you just mentioned like wholesale platforms. Why don't you tell everyone where, where are you other than Etsy? And are you on Etsy as Rachel Alvarez art or how do people find you first on wholesale platforms? Well, I am on fair as Rachel Alvarez art. I'm also on abound as Rachel Alvarez art. I have my own personal website, which has uh, wholesale information and I do accept wholesale orders through my website I just take the tax portions off and do it as a custom order through there. And that's Rachel Alvarez art. <laughs> and then on Etsy, I'm the naptime artist. Awesome. And then where do you like to spend most of your time on social media, Facebook or Instagram? I like Instagram. I, I mean, I do like Facebook, but I, I love Instagram for its visual component, of course. Um, so on Instagram, I'm Rachel Alvarez art as well. All right, everyone go follow her, especially if you're an artist or you just want to be inspired by her beautiful work or just her beautiful way to connect. Rachel, I can't thank you enough. I was so excited when you agreed to come on and do this interview, just because I think you give a really different perspective about running a business out of your home online, you know, without really connecting with people in person, you, it's just very unique and it's been beautiful to watch. So I just want to say thank you for being here. And I hope everyone goes, follows you or orders from you or all of those great things. I appreciate you being here. Well, thank you, Kathy. You're a joy to speak with. I've always felt like we connected and your group has been such a gift to me as an artist. And you know, I've learned so, so much from you along the way. So I appreciate everything that you do too. Thanks, Rachel. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.